Hello and welcome to the Red Corner. A comeback from months of no podcast. And today we have myself, Max, Darren, Hi. Chris, Good afternoon, and Leroy. What up? So today we experienced the defeat 3 0 to United. Oh my god, I can't even say it. Oh, it's just. I'm not sure how it happened. If Sterling could have finished his chances off, completely different game. It's all it's all been if buts and maybes though, isn't it, mate? All season. All season. Same same old things. Defensive errors cost us, a lack of a clinical edge cost us. And typically every time the keeper plays us, they seem to have the game of their life, don't they? <laughs> Always. Every bastard game. Oh, but okay, let's say from from the start. It looked like, you know, Liverpool are going to put in a performance. I mean, Darren, what did you think? I've got to say I was a bit surprised, obviously, as a Manchester United fan. I'm delighted with the, the way things panned out. But I said to yourself um, only last night when, you you know, you sort of asked me to come on the podcast, that I, I was very surprised um, with the talk that you were going to put Sterling up top because as good a player as he is, and I do think he is a good player, he's clearly got no confidence at the minute. And I thought what summed that up was the game against Ball where he got in a really good position to shoot and attempted to square it. And, and someone that's on form in a position like that, the first thought is they want to rip the back of the net off, you know, but he, he didn't want it. So obviously today he's had a couple of chances at nil-nil. And in all fairness, they've fallen to the wrong guy because, like I say, he's just not on it at the minute, you know. So I, th- I thought that was a strange decision. I thought playing Jones instead of um, Mignolet was a strange decision. But more worrying for yourselves is that as soon as something goes wrong for you, you really just seem to crumble. You know, it, it, you do lack leaders. I think, obviously, normally what happens is people look towards Gerard, but he can't do it now. You know, the legs seem to be going, and, and you really do lack a lot of leaders. You know, so if I was a Liverpool fan right now, I'd, I'd be uh, worried about one or two things. Gerard was just a pa- passenger, to be honest, in mm. that game. He didn't do too much. The first goal we conceded, he should have done better. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about leadership there, mate. I mean, love that's the whole point that Lovren was brought in for. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers kept banging on and banging on all summer about how uh, how Lovren's the leader. He's just made us worse. No leadership, no organisation. And somehow he's actually managed to deflect criticism away from Martin Skirtle, who's probably just <laughs> been just as bad this season. That's some achievement, making Martin Skirtle look half-decent. <laughs> so, yeah, it says a lot, man. Kolotori is your best defender and your most intelligent defender. That's it, mate. That is it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a sad state of affairs when you get Kolotori on a free who's about fifty years old, and he's, <laughs> and, and he's much better than a than a twenty twenty million pound centre half. You know, I just I don't know what to do with Lovren. I think Southampton must absolutely be rubbing their hands because you looked at their side last season and they overachieved. There's no doubt about that. And then you look at, you know, we paid £27 million for, for Luke Shaw, who's clearly not worth that. You know what I mean? And then you paid £20 million for Lover and £26 million for Lorana. And must, £4 million for Lambert, yeah. Yeah, and they, they must be rubbing their hands. Because all yeah. those players, and like I say, and I include Shaw in that, were part of a good system. None of them, you could say, were outstanding players personally. They just worked really well in that system. Yeah. Because the well, system I mean, yeah. Play, you know. Lovren was seriously shielded last year by Wanyama and Schneiderlin. You know, yeah. 
That's 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 made him look absolutely fantastic. And Fonte had a good season last season. I'm alongside him, you know. Yeah. Uh, every, every time I watched Southampton last season, he always seemed to make one big mistake, Lovren, but he'd always get bailed out by one of the other three, you know. Mm-hmm. He's benefited from. Obviously, we were looking for a centre half, still are. And and when you talk about it, was we've talked about on the Man United podcast that we do. We ask what centre halves, you know, for example, I'd want United. And I am scratching my head because there's very few really good ones out there. Yeah. And possibly last season, Lovren would have been on our radar too because he was he was sort of like a name that got thrown in there. And like you say, when you actually look at him, he's not that good. But you look around and who else is there? You know, there's a real dearth of really good centre-halves. You're right there, mate, to be fair. You know, especially available good centre-halves mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the main thing. I'm just surprised going back to... Uh, summer recruitment that we paid 18 million for Sacco, who's a mm. left-sided centre-half, only to go and spend 20 million on another left-sided centre-half, you know? <laughs> I'm not really sure what Rogers' agenda against Sacco is, but um, I was, yeah, quite surprised with it. You know, I'd like to see Sacco come back into the team and uh, have, a, have a right-sided centre-half. I can't a competent, a competent one, anyway, because uh, Skirtle can't do it. And as Torre's come in, but you know he's he's a bit shot, really, isn't he now? So he can only probably play about a game a week. I've, really, I've got to at say, the top level. I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't watch Liverpool every week. Obviously, you know, and, and I, I, as a Manchester United fan, it does give me a lot of pleasure to see how you're struggling this season. You know, I've, 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 <laughs> Same I've for last season, mate. But what I would say is, there seems an awful lot of similarities between how we were last season and how you are this season. That. We obviously had more as you just come in, but you can tell the players clearly didn't believe in him. Clearly didn't, and and he, whatever he was telling them, you could see they were thinking you were, you're talking out your backside, man. You know, and and yeah. leaving him. So as a United fan, how how do you guys feel now about Rodgers? What's the what's the thoughts? Um, well, I've I've just seen on on Twitter um so, someone saying that they think that Rodgers has lost the dressing room, mm. um, which <clears throat> if, if it's true. He could be in some serious trouble, you know. He seems he seems to like to freeze out certain players like like Sacco that I've just mentioned. I've got no idea why Emre Chan didn't play today, mm. um, or at least come on at half time because Joe Allen was absolutely shocking today. Um, I don't mind Allen, but he he was just out muscled, outclassed, didn't really do anything today. I'd have liked to see Emre Chan come on, shore up the midfield a little bit, maybe push Gerard slightly further forward, get him maybe a bit more involved in the game. Um, but in regards to Rogers, you know, I don't know. He he was obviously so so good last season, but was that down to Suarez? Was that down to him? I think teams have worked us out now, and we we need another plan. I don't think it's been down to Suarez as such, though, because. Tactically, we were on point last season. Yeah, yeah, we Ta- were. Tactically, this season we've been poor. The, the team selection has been completely. It's wrong. baffling. It's baffling, and isn't it? Yeah. I really don't get it because I got to admit, last season when Rogers was doing all this stuff, I really thought he was going to be the one to turn us around. I think everyone did, mate. Yeah. yeah, but just this season, I just don't understand. His team selection has been so poor. Sacco, our best centre back, nowhere near our side. Um, yeah. He sold Daniel Agger. Arguably, um, well, he's got the best leadership r- regarding our centre backs. Yeah. Sold. Um, we we played three at the back today. Aga is perfect for that formation. I mm. I just don't understand. You play Glenn Johnson as a right centre back. 
Yeah, that was a stra- that was a really strange decision. Going back to Wagger though, um, he said himself that he didn't think he was uh, ready for another season in the Premier League with his injury. So I can sort of see why Wagger was sold. Uh, um, but I, I think the more worrying thing is his replacement, Lovren. Like I say, going back to him, um, had we have brought in someone competent, um, then we would be all right. But I say that the recruitment in the summer was just poor. And I mean, who do we blame that on the committee or Rogers or, or a combination of both? I think it has to be a bit of both, really. I mean, we can't solely blame it on Rogers because that would just be unfair. But obviously, Rogers has a massive impact on these transfers. So. He has spent a lot of money on a, on a lot of crap. I've got to be honest. He's, he's spent over £210 million since he's been... In, and we've start. We've gone to Old Trafford with Brad Jones in goal and no striker on the pitch. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the reality of it. You know, I, I quite like Rogers as a coach, uh, although his his defensive coaching is to be questioned at times. Um, I do quite like him as a coach, but his recruitment has been shocking. You know, I think his only real good signing has been Daniel Sturridge. He didn't want Sturridge first of all, and Sturridge is made of glass. You know, from the start. Um, Rogers wanted Mignolet to take uh, I wanted Michel Wom to take over from Pepirina yeah. Yeah. the committee wanted Begovic and yeah, so the compromise came. was yeah. Yeah. yeah the compromise was uh, Simon Mignolet so that's one mistake here and there next um, Rogers wanted Ashley Williams committee picked out um, Mamadou Sako and we went for Sako of course and once Rogers won the league uh, uh, got second last season I think um, FSG gave him a bit of leeway and get, um, allowed him to get Lauren. I guess the replacement for Ashley Williams that he didn't get. So quite suspect um, Rogers' recruitments and, and his targets like Ben Davis, like Ryan Bertrand, like Ricky Lambert, Adam Lalana. So it's a very good point there about this committee. Obviously, you guys will know how this works. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. but. I also heard that, that he, the original choice for goalkeeper was Michel Vaughan, which would make sense yeah, yeah. because he's good with the ball at his feet. And Mignolet isn't, is he? You can tell it's a hot potato. He's, he, he looks awful with it at his feet and he wants to, he don't want to kick it at all and nobody wants it short off him because they're all lacking in confidence. So it just looks a, an accident waiting to happen. And you've got to have, at the beginning of the season, you look at the players we signed. We signed Herrera and we signed Luke Shaw. And I don't think either of them were Van Hall's choices because he's come in and you notice neither of them now is really getting much playing time, you know. And, and so I don't think he wanted those players. I think United had always got those deals lined up and went ahead with them. And then he's come in and said, look, they aren't the players I want. And I think there comes a point running a football team is completely different to a, a baseball team or anything else where you, stats, you can make stats mean anything in football, but the reality is actually just what you do on a pitch and what you do in a game. Stats... Stats can be used in any way. I don't think we can interpret stats into football and say he gets all the best second knockdowns, so he'll be good. I just don't think that works in a game of football. I think football's a lot more, you know, played on the pitch at that moment, you know, and it's players making good decisions and players... Like, for instance, I used to look at a player and I used to say, yeah, I can tell he's a Man United player because seven, eight, nine times out of ten he makes the right decision. Yeah. Uh, now, if, you, if somebody only makes the right decision five times out of ten, then, in all fairness, his level is probably someone like Villa or something. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be a top-class no, player, no, exactly. are they? No, yeah. no. If, if they're only doing one good thing every three weeks, they're not, not good enough for a club like United or for a club like Liverpool. If you want to be pushing on, you've got yeah. to 
getting the, the top players, you know. And, and so I would say, you know, and I say you guys know better than me on this. What, at, at what point does, you know, does somebody say, hang on a minute, rather committed, we get a manager in and we back him and say, you get the players you want then, rather than players forced on you? I do feel we try to sign someone big <clears throat> as such, you know, Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez is obviously the highest profile one. Yeah, like, but uh... we just li- literally couldn't sign him. Like, we did try with all our power to sign him, but in the end, Ar- Arsenal got him in the end. Yeah, I suppose that's that's fair enough, isn't it? If, if you really go out for a player and he turns you down, there's not really a lot you can do. But uh, what was worrying was the lack of alternatives for Sanchez. You know, we'd, uh, we'd highlighted Sanchez as a player that we wanted, but then as soon as that deal ne- never went through, you know, we, we didn't really go out and... Uh, try and identify a similar type of player to bring in from elsewhere, which is the worrying thing for me. This is kind of like similar to our performances, really. We have this plan A, and when it doesn't work, we don't have a clue and we just panic. Yeah, need a better plan B, definitely. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Uh, contingency planning, my friends. That's what it is. I mean, one which has been talked about a lot is actually get a director of football in. But, of course, Rogers. Notably, doesn't actually want to work with one, but I think he might have to. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, mean, I, think, I think they might force one on him now. You know? exactly if, if he wants say... to stay in the job, yeah, I think he might have to. Exactly. I mean, he's not going to say, "Oh no, I'll quit," and I highly doubt he'll do that, especially with his recent performances. Yeah. So no, but I, I saw something on Twitter as well earlier that said, uh, "Now at th- this point in this season, Brendan Rodgers had a point less than Hodgson did in his season." So. <laughs> that, that tells you all you need to know about our, our start to the season. And uh, you've seen it with, with Dalgleish, FSG yeah. are ruthless. They'll, they'll get rid of someone, you know, if, if they want to. Up, so, up, until, up until about three weeks ago, we were having the same stat thrown at us all the time. This time last season, Moyes had this many. You know what I mean? So just be just be a little bit wary of that one. That's, uh, that's yeah. like I say. That, yeah. But at least you saw things happening for United oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, at Liverpool, you can't yeah, see anything yeah. happening. Like you said, it's similar to David Moyes' first season. We can't really see anything going on. This game, at the start, for mm. once, we actually saw our players constantly pressing. Mm. And that was probably the first time I've seen that in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, the, the performance level today wasn't actually too bad, you know. And that seems really strange to say it, like the, because we lost 3-0. But we actually started to create chances again because that's been the most worrying thing for me so far this season. Just the lack of chances we've been able to create, and uh, we absolutely peppered David De Gea in goal today. And uh, you know, had it just been for a little bit more of a clinical edge, and if we'd cut out the defensive perform- uh, defensive errors, you never know what could have happened. But that's been our Achilles heel so far this season, and it will continue to be the Achilles heel until January, at least. Yeah, exactly. At least. <laughs> I think clearly you're a team lacking in confidence without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, last season, you looked when save times were difficult for you. You've got, obviously, Suarez was your main man and he was like a fulcrum that everything came from him. Then perhaps if Suarez did have an off game, which wasn't very often, you've got Gerard or you've got Sturridge. And obviously those three, for whatever reason, have not really been involved this season. Haven't you know, I think Gerard, it is his farewell tour now. I think he's, he's on his way. Sturridge... Obviously, the, the, the injury is a big problem and Suarez is gone. So, you look round and it is up to somebody to, to step up to the mark and say, all right, then, you know, I'll be the man. But nobody's doing it, are they? Yeah, no, you're completely right, mate. And uh, I might get a little bit of stick for saying this, but I don't think Jordan Edison's been up to par this season. 
you know, um, from the heights that he hit last season, I really expected him to kick on. Given him the vice captaincy as well, I really thought that he would maybe stand up and uh, and take a little bit more responsibility. But um, I just haven't seen it really so far this season. But having said that, no one else in the team has either, so you can't really just single him out for that. Yeah, I mean Jordan Henderson is a good player, but I don't think he'll be one of those players which will be a great player. So. He's, he's he's a good cog to have. He's a good cog in the in the engine room, but I think he needs someone better alongside him. You know, because like I say Gerard's legs are going. Um, he needs to be managed correctly. Joe Allen, you know, as well as he retains the ball, I don't think he offers too much defensively or offensively. Um, and Emre Chan's just not getting a look in at the moment. You know, you, you look at um, the best teams. You know, um, and they they've got a real star in the midfield. And I don't think we've got one at the minute. You just said those two problems from Allen and Henderson. Emre Chan fits perfectly there. And yeah. he's, he he doesn't get any game time. I just don't understand that. It's just baffled, so mate. Yeah. Baffled is Baff- what it is. I think I say I think Rogers has got his favourites and uh I think he might have to reevaluate that and uh and start to uh, pick pick a slightly better side. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean I wouldn't say Liverpool's summer transfer was that bad. We got two good full-backs, which we needed. Um, a, a midfielder like Emre Chan, he was good. But the thing is, for example, Manquillo, we're not even starting him. For some reason, he's starting ahead of Johnson, which I don't understand at all. Emre Chan, he should be starting. He's got that physical presence too, which is so important for the, for the Premier League. You, uh, you said, Chris, um, that Alan got bullied a lot today. I'm fairly yeah. sure if Emre Chan started, it wouldn't have happened as much. So... I've got to agree, mate, yeah. I really have got to agree. But um, I, I, like I say, you, you say our transfer window wasn't too bad. I, You know, it, it wasn't very good, was it? Let's, let's be honest, you know. Uh, we've. It seems to be our our philosophy to buy into the potential and buy into um, the project, as it were. Um, I would have liked to have seen just one or two established players come in um, in the summer because I think you need a balance. You can't just be buying players for the future. Because we, we spent on Markovic, Origi, Emre Chan, Mankio, Moreno. All have got fantastic potential, but aren't at the top level yet. None of none of those players are at the top level yet. And I think you definitely need a mix. You definitely need a blend. And, uh, you know, I know you say we went in for Sanchez and we did try, but a player of that ilk should have come in Would in, you... in, in the summer. Would you blame part of that to FSG, seeing as that's what their, how do you say, transfer yeah, policy is? I, I think I do slightly. Um, I think they're trying to build something for the future, obviously, which is good. Um, you want sustainability. Um, but at the same time, you also need here in the present, you know, Um you can't go on every season saying we're in transition. You know we're waiting for the players to develop. We're giving them game time. You need one or two, absolutely, you know, one or two superstars in your team, and uh, then you can start blending in the younger players. They can start to learn from them. They can start to develop and go from there. Yeah, I mean you see Arsenal, they've got Sanchez. You see, what's their name? Chelsea, they've got Hazard. Well, they've got multiple players. Matic even too. You see United, they've they've got Di Maria. You see City, they got Aguero. You see Liverpool. Our best player is someone who gets injured every month. You know? It's made a glass. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't be relied on. You know, 
as much as I love him and as much as I think he's a quality player, you can't rely on a striker who's got his injury record. You need at least another top-class forward in. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say the same about City, but the thing is, they have those options. Yeah, I mean, well, they've, they, they've got Jovetic, you know, and Zeko, who's Zeko scored, what, close to 20 goals last season or probably around the 20-goal mark. Jovetic is a class player when he's fit, you know, so... If, if Aguero is out, they have got at least some... Although they're not the same quality as Aguero, they're still quality players. So they can come in, they can do a job, they can they can score a couple of goals and uh, plug the gap that Aguero's left when he's injured. Yeah, I remember in that. And that's after they loaned um, Alvaro and Aguero out. Yeah, And you just look it. at the strikers <laughs> that they have, right? Yeah. The thing is that we, signed, we did sign established players, but you just have to look at what kind of established players we signed. We paid $25 million for Lalana. I, I like Lalana overall. Wouldn't say that he's a very, very bad player, but I wouldn't class him as one of the greats. $25 million worth? Totally not. And um, regarding someone like Alexis Sanchez, yes, we did go for him. We paid higher, We offered higher wages than Arsenal, I think. Higher but, wages, higher price as well, but he just wanted to live in yeah, London, didn't but, he? Yeah. Not only that, it's also that um, this is only our first um, season back in the Champions League. We are, we are barely regulars in it. And seeing as how the season is going, I don't think there's a high chance that we'll be in the Champions League again, unless we win the Europa League somehow. So signing players in the winter, in the summer again, is going to be a tough task. Big, if you ask big, me. big task, yeah. That's right. So I've got down. Yeah, the things that yeah, I've got down mm-hmm. in my notes here that I don't think we'll qualify for the Champions League unless we win the Europa League. Now, I was uh, mm-hmm. I was adamant for the first couple of weeks of the season, or probably the first month that we'd still get third or fourth. Um, but having seen the performance levels, um, I, I just can't go with that anymore. I just can't see us finishing any higher than fifth, you know, and even fifth's giving it a push because they're... Uh, te- teams are starting to build momentum now. Te- teams were slacking at the start of the season, but you look at United, they've just won six games in a row. Arsenal are still in and around the top four, you know, and it's, uh, it's, di- it's going to be difficult now to come back. I think... We really need a big January window. But having said that, we've just gone and spent 120 million in the summer. I'm not sure if I trust Rogers or the committee, for that matter, with any more money. And I'm not sure FSG will either. Yep. And the thing is that um, first and second is nailed on to be either Chelsea or City, I think. I think there's no yep, questioning definitely. that. Yeah. Yep. Third and fourth is going to be between um, United and Arsenal, I would think. Maybe Spurs could sneak in a bit. If Southampton can keep their mentality up a bit, they might sneak in. But I think that's your top six right there. Then you have West Ham and Newcastle, who I think are going to fall off as the season progresses. And then Swansea is somewhere there, but not really there yet. And then there's us. And then there's Everton. The teams are really picking it up this season, and we are not picking it up along with them. So that's why we, we might not have really fallen behind, but other teams picking it up, they are overtaking us. Mm. Can can I say just as a obviously as an outsider, I, I believe personally, you know, and I think most neutrals and like I say or outsiders would say that your your business that you did before the summer uh, before the season started, it, the transfer business was poor, was really really poor. You know, it was. I, it was. I I was worried as a Manchester United fan. I was worried. Obviously, I was delighted that you missed out on the league, and I really thought you got it at one stage. So obviously, then when you missed out, I was delighted. And, and my worry was. <clears throat> that you genuinely were going to kick on to the next level. I understood mm. that Spurs was always going to go. I understand you couldn't keep him. He wanted to go. That's you know that happens. 
But my, mm. I, I did genuinely think you would go out there and use that money to get another world star, you know, because I looked yep. at United and we were in a mess and we knew that clubs had, you know, would say to us, well, we know you're in a mess, so we're going to make you pay top, top whack. You're going to have to, if you want our play, mm. you're going to have to pay loads more than you normally would because we know you're desperate. And so yep. we've had to do it. But but we knew we to get back on that level, we were going to have to. We couldn't, <clears throat> like we normally did, get a kid in and, and give him a year or two. We had to get the finished product there and then, like we did with Van Persie, like we did with, now with Di Maria and, and, you know, those kind of players, Falcao. We had to put a statement out. We had to say to people, we're still here, we're still Manchester United, we're still a threat. And every player that you signed this summer, I looked at and none of them frightened me. Nobody frightened me. Lallana doesn't bother me. I, I'm happy to be United to come up against Lallana every week. It doesn't frighten me. Ricky Lambert doesn't frighten me. You know, and, and but I look at, like you said, I look at Arsenal, Alexis Sanchez, yeah, he frightens me. I look at Chelsea, Fabregas, Costa, you know, Hazard, they frighten me. I look at Manchester City, Aguero, you know, Torre. And, and also you look at Chelsea, you look at City and you look at us. And in January, you expect all of us to go and say, well, our weakness is at the back. You expect us to sign a big centre-half and a big-name midfielder, possibly Strootman. You look at Chelsea, they'll go and get what they need. You look at City, they want a striker. They'll spend big bucks to get whichever striker it is they feel they need. You know, they won't be shy about it. Will Liverpool do it? And I don't believe they will. I really don't. There, there was a recent report saying Liverpool won't be buying anyone. They'll only be just getting loan deals in. Which... That that was the Freddie Guarin deal, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah exactly. that I saw. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably true, mate. To be fair, we'll just I have to. Be I, I think we're just going to pick up scraps from from what's about from other teams. To be honest with you, so yeah, I can't see a big window coming for us either, which is slightly worrying. Um, but we'll see how we go. Right now, do, do you guys feel this? Like I say, as somebody that's obviously not a Liverpool fan, I feel you need a big, big signing right now. You need some, but it'll just get. It'll rejuvenate the players. It'll give them a focus. You know, it'll give them a little bit of, you know, like they do at United with De Maria, De Maria first few weeks. We're just giving it him all the time. You could see all the lads like, oh, give it De Maria, you know, and, and, and he kind of took a lot of pressure off us. And even when those big players don't necessarily play well, the, the opposition, you're drawn to them, you know, and, and <clears throat> like defenders would always be drawn to Suarez to create space for other people and it gets the fans behind everybody again. Don't you think that's what, that's what you need? A big sign-in. But the thing is, the the only way we can have that is, to be honest, by getting in, into the Champions League again. Mm. I think if we do mm-hmm. that, which, again, is going to be really hard, I think that's when our season will push on a lot. But you say, you say that, though, but, but United got Falcao and Di Maria. Well, yeah, but, that, but... That, it was a bit different, though. I mean, they had a str- struggling manager. Um, they got him out. They got a top-class manager, Van Hal. Um, what did they do next? So they pushed for world-class players straight away. They got them. I'm I'm fairly sure Di Maria wouldn't have gone there if he saw their team without any signings, for example. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's bought into the project, as it were. But that's what I mean about you guys were really strong when the season finished. You were a prospect for top players to come yeah. to win the championship. We, we should have just kicked on from there, yeah, exactly. but we didn't, you unfortunately. Were, you were a target. You were somebody that top players were suddenly saying again, I want to play for. You know, and that's when you should have said, money's no object and gone out. And, and Because the Suarez money, that obviously, I, I've heard people say, well, we've got this wage structure. And I understand that, yeah. 
But Lalana won't be on peanuts, and Ricky Lambert won't be on peanuts. And instead of those two, if you'd save that money, you could have put that towards a really top-class player. And like I say, somebody that, that frightens people and, and you know, in, in difficult situations. Like, you look at City, and City haven't been great this season, but the amount of times they like, just give it a Guerrero, just do something for us. And he does. And, and like you did last season, Suarez, just, you know, just get us out of the crap. And, and he did. And, and, and United have had it, you know, in, in the past seasons, whether it be Rooney or Ronaldo, somebody that just digs you out of the crap when you're struggling. Uh, that kind of player, you know, and, and that's where I feel you really let yourselves down. It was it was here for you in in the summer, and and this was your season to kick on and really say we're back in this top four at the very least. We belong here. We're going to put a statement out and say we're always now going to be here, and that's what I was worried about. And you haven't, you've, for some reason, you've gone the other way of, of sort of saying, well, we'll just get these players in and hopefully build. And this was your time. You you, you were there. You didn't need much more building. You were there. You know, what it needed was the cherry on the top of the cake. You know, and you kind of, you've, you've, I feel you've really missed your chance. I do, honestly. I, I, I completely agree with you. But right now, it's just too late. Mm. For example, we if, if we try and get a big summer signing in, I mean, big January signing, mm. in, uh, they're going to look at our team and be like, okay, you've frozen out Sacco, mm. our best centre-back, because Rodgers simply doesn't like him. That number one doesn't send a good message. No. Um, and then you see where we are in the league. Our performances not in the Champions League. Probably not going to be in Champions League next season. Like you said, the perfect chance was uh, last summer, but unfortunately we couldn't capitalise. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you guys stand on Balotelli, by the way? Because I just think that was an shite. <laughs> it's really annoying. I, I thought he would be. Ah. Uh, He's just so frustrating to watch. He is. Is all I'm going to say. When when he first signed, I I was a little bit apprehensive, but there was also that little bit, you know, because mm. he is a bit of a firework. Par, pardon the pun with Balotelli yeah. and fireworks, but he is a little bit of a firework. So you always think with Balotelli that he could do something. Mm. You know, it's always there in the back of your head that no matter how shit he does when he's on the pitch, how disinterested he looks. There's always something there. He could pull something out of nothing. Mm. Um, but he just hasn't done it. And he's frustrating to watch. I was watching the game today. He doesn't have a link up with Sterling. You know, they're, they're flinging their arms at each other in the air all the time when, when something doesn't go right. And it's just not good, you know. I, I don't buy into the thing that he he's disrupting. He's a disruptive influence, say, on the training pitch. But he just hasn't done it on the pitch. And... In all honesty, if if I could get ten million from him in January, I'd sell him. He's so frustrating, though. It's just unbelievable. Um, you see, when he came on, basically what two minutes, three minutes in, he takes a shot from thirty-five yards out when he could have mm. easily placed a pass, which could have led to a good chance. Oh. Yeah. Those are the things which just annoy the hell out of me. And the thing is, if he doesn't do that, I still think he has the potential to be a great player. And he knows that this is his last chance to be a top club. He just needs to shut up and just do his work. He just his his work rate needs to improve. At the start, his work rate was actually very good. Like he got back to defend, but all of the players now just don't seem asked anymore. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's for me, there's no coincidence that uh, his best game came when he played up front with Sturridge. Oh yeah, um, he, he has I to think, have a partner. Yeah, I think Sturridge and Balotelli actually complement each other quite well. 
Mm. Um, and you saw that in the Spurs game when the, and how well we played. Uh, Sturridge is the one who's always going to be making the runs in behind. And then yeah. that will give Balotelli the space he wants. Just in that little pocket, you know, if anything comes out to him, to do to do what he does best. Um, oh. But when, when he plays in a one, there's nothing going in behind him, which means it's so easy for defenders to defend against him because Balotelli will always pick up the same positions. It's very rare that you'll see Balotelli going into the channel, stretching the defences in behind. He's the one who just likes to peel off slightly, pick the ball up on the edge of the box and, uh, and play from there. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a shame in a way that Sturridge has been injured, of course. Um, but I, I would have maybe liked to have seen Barini up front with him. Um, and because Barini, although he's no Sturridge at all, he will make the runs in behind. He'll run the channels for you. He'll stretch the fences. And then hopefully that would have given Balotelli a bit more space. I totally yeah. agree. I don't understand what's happened to Barini either. He's our only striker who can actually move. Uh, I mean, who's of course available. And he, he hasn't even been on the bench. He's one of the only ones who actually gives 100% too. Well, I was going to say, there's a bit of a myth about Balotelli, though, that, you know, that when he was in his, his season at City and they won the league, that first season they won the league, it was us and them for it. And um, their season picked up. They were 3-1 down at home to Sunderland and he'd fallen out with somebody overtaking a free kick and he was sulking and he was practically crying on the pitch and everything was pathetic. And they subbed him and he barely featured, you know, barely started in the next sort of run of 10 games, but they went on a really good run. And um, then he came back in, I think it subbed him on in the game against QPR, and he put the, the ball through for Aguero when Aguero scored the winner that won in the league, and that was his only assist all season. It's and been his only ever assist in the Premier League, mate. That's it? Right, well, yeah. there you go. And, and, it, and that's kind of, that sums up, you know, there seems to be, like I say, like a, a myth around him that he's, at that season, City carried him else. He didn't do a great deal for City. They, they did more for him, if you get what I mean, that they kind of, Turned, made him seem like such a, a valuable and big player when he was, actually was doing very little for them. And, and I remember when he left, he said he would never, ever return to the North West. He hated life living in the North West and he'd never do it again. So things must have been bad out in Milan for him to come back. Yeah. And, and I can't honestly think believe that he, he genuinely wants to be with you guys. And I, I, I remember Rogers before he signed, denying he was going to sign him. So no, we're going to sign him. Then he signed him. So... Is it a Rogers signing or has he been forced on him or what? I think we left it too late in the transfer window, to be honest with you, with uh, with strikers. Um, and then Balotelli was probably the only player, uh, uh, only affordable player, should we say, left. Yeah. Um, so so we, I, I reckon the, the committee and Rogers collectively just went, you know what, we'll take a punt on him. Um, he's, he's the only affordable mm. player left about. If, if it doesn't work, we'll sell him on. We might lose a bit of money. Um, but we won't lose too much money because someone in Italy will pay ten million for him. He'll yeah. go back. He, he scored a few goals for Milan. Hopefully, hopefully. Anyway, I really hope someone comes up with ten million for him in January. <laughs> you know, um, and then we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Who, who would you like? Who, who's you know? Let, let's say, for instance, now that you know, that, you know, and money's no object. Let's say money's no object. So January comes round. You know, players that would realistically come. Who would who would you want? Who would you want in January? Good question. Um, you mean striker-wise? Well, anyway, throughout the team, you're you're the manager. Like I said, they've said to you, you've got your budget's not the problem. But obviously, there are certain players that wouldn't come right now. You could obviously say Suarez back, but he wouldn't come, or Sanchez, and obviously he wouldn't come. So, but somebody that you think would come, the players that you think are, Liverpool could get are available. Who who would you have? 
Well, I think the key we've got three key areas that are uh, seriously weakening us, and it's down the core of the team. It's in goal, it's at centre half, and it's up front. But as as we previously mentioned in the podcast, um, centre half is a very difficult position to buy for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to, to be honest with you, there's not really too many top class centre halves about at the moment um, who are available to move and would want to come to Liverpool. So mm. I'm not entirely sure um, from centre half point of view. Mm. Um, up front, it might be a little bit controversial, but I would actually really like Carlos Tevez. Can you imagine, though, him playing for City, United and Liverpool? Oh, he'd do how it. Hate, how, how hated he would be. Yeah, but he'd, yeah, do yeah, he'd, he'd do love it. it. <laughs> he'd but he's, he's a horrible bastard, Carlos. Yeah, yeah he is. And he's, he's similar to Suarez in that sense. Mm. He's a similar type of player to Suarez. And I think that's what we need up front at the moment. So... Mm. And I still think he's got a couple of years left in him, Carlos oh, Tevez. He'd, he'd um, do a good job for you, without saying that, he'd do a good job for you. It works really hard, really puts his yeah. That, yeah, that's what we need as well, because uh, that's what Suarez was doing all the last season. Um, and now he's gone and Sturridge has gone. The intensity has just gone. You know, they say defending starts in the front, and uh, Tevez would definitely bring that. Um, other than Tevez, I wouldn't mind Jackson Martinez taking a punt on him, but. I think I know you're saying money's no object, but I think yeah. he'd be over the thirty million pound mark, so I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, and the only other one, sort of, but this again is quite unrealistic, is Benzema. I'd, I'd take Benzema, but um, I, he wouldn't leave Real Madrid at the minute, would he? So, um, unless Real Madrid went out and spent millions of pounds on a striker, um, I don't, I can't see him leaving either. Striker-wise, Tevez would be fantastic, but. There's not really many strikers available on the market at the moment, so it's hard to say. Defenders-wise, Hummels would be great, but again, a bit unlikely, but the way Dortmund are going at the moment. Yeah, that's obviously the market you know we're going to be in, so all the talk is obviously that we're, we're eyeing Hummels. But I've got to be honest, I'm, my concern about Hummels is very slow. Very, you know, when he turns, he's a bit like Murtasaki. It takes forever to turn, and that's my worry, that he's, he's a bit slow, but... You know, like we said, well, it's out there really. There's nobody, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, I suppose again, pretty unrealistic, but you know, we that we might as well try, but just throw every single penny at Marco Royce, but mm. very unlikely. Um, there's not many people available in the market. That's one of the problems. Someone we could try for is um, Nicholas Enkulu from Marseille. Yeah. Throw big money at Marseille. I think. We could possibly convince them to let go of Nicholas Nkolu, especially after how he's performed at the World Cup. I think he did really, really well, really, really well. Yeah. And I think he fits. Um, he suits Sako if he's the the right centre back partner to Sako. But if Sako's missing, then I don't see a point. Um, midfield wise, I think you could go for someone like Gonalons. Um, again, you have, you might have to pay a bit more to convince Leon, but I think. We could. He's quite attainable. I think well, in January you're paying a little bit extra for players anyway. Well. You know. Oh yeah. We, uh, I say we we got quite lucky with uh with Sturridge and Coutinho, but bar that they're, they're anomalies really. Um, in January you're always going to have to pay an extra couple of million to get a player in from a club, oh, yeah. so you're just going to have to deal with it. But um, like we've mentioned before, I can't see us going in for a uh, for a big name player. I think it'll all be loan deals or or small amounts of money trying to get another Sturridge or Coutinho sort of diamond in the rough, if you like. One player I completely forgot. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% sure how you say his name. 
Lacazette? I don't know. Alexander Lacazette, yeah. Yeah, him. I, I it's a bit hard say... though, his profess his love to Leon. Uh, we tried yeah. going for him, we've inquired for him, but he just loves Leon too much. Oh. I'm almost mm. certain he wouldn't leave in January, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm pre- pretty sure about that. But, let's say, he is banging the goals in the French League, so... If yep. he if he does become available, he is a player that we should be looking at. But yeah, he's, um, he's got excellent work rate and also good movement. So yeah, I say if it becomes available, we should look for him. But I don't think at the minute he's uh, he's on the market, unfortunately. What about a keeper? Because I, I would say that's probably as vital to you right now as a centre forward. You know, because from what I've heard, I saw on Twitter that Rogers said um, Brad Jones is going to be his number one now, and, and Mignolet's accepted that and. But Brad Jones is, I think, is terrible. So I think they're both shit, mate. To be <laughs> honest with you, you know, as uh, as bad as it is, I I don't think either of them are anywhere near good enough for Liverpool. No. So so keeper then, who 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 are you going to go after for a keeper? Is is Rainer still on loan? Or yeah, he... I was I was just about to say no. We we sold him. He's gone. Right? Munich. Yeah. Right. I yeah. He's better than Minule in my mind. Oh, yeah. I got so much stick for that when I said that, but he <laughs> is. I mean, his distribution is one of the best. Um, he's a decent goalkeeper. Um, I think, though, Rayner's a very similar situation to Agger. Um, I think, although Rayner's better than Mignolet and Agger's better than Lovren, I don't think Rayner or Agger would be the solutions to our problems at the minute. Mm. I think it was just we replaced Rayner and Agger with shit, basically. Um, had we replaced them properly, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in at the minute. Um, Here's the so... thing, I don't think Reyna is better than Mignolet at all. Right now, I don't think Reyna is better than Mignolet at all. Mm. Agar is still better than Lovren, 100%. Curveball from Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Um, when Mignolet came in, um, everyone forgotten how good, how good or how bad Reyna was, depending on how you see it. Mignolet is a really, really good shot stopper. That's one thing to know. But distribution-wise, yes, I agree with you. Pepe Reina might be a bit better. But you have to remember that Pepe Reina has been declining ever since um, 2008-2009. So... I agree, mate. Yeah, that's. I think Agger was on the decline as well. That's sort of what I was getting at there, both on the way out, really. I don't think and can you imagine either. Agger on the decline being better than Lauren? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. But, a peaking uh, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, like I say, goalkeepers is difficult as well. Um, you know, there's they say Jan- January. There's not really much about. Um, you, you're sort of looking at players like Begovic, but he, even Begovic is better than Mignolet. But I still yeah. don't think Begovic is the top quality goalkeeper that we need. Um, I think even Begovic is prone to one or two errors, yeah. and uh, he, at a club like Stoke, you can get away with making. Yeah one or two high-profile errors at Liverpool, you can't. No, he needed to move from Stoke two seasons ago, Begovic. He's gone stale. You know, when, yeah. he, was the, when he was the back, everyone, was, everyone wanted him and, he, and he's ended up staying. That's when he should have gone because he's really, his development stalled. You know Definitely, I mean? yes. yeah. You know, I agree on that. What do you think? Do you think you put any chance he'll go back in for Vaughan, perhaps, then? Or I don't really want him, mate, to be no. honest with you. Yeah, I think he's... Moved, yeah, we, we need a big... Big pro, it's, it's, it's the oh. trouble, mate. You need a big profile signing, but there are not many of them about. You know, you've either got to really seriously overpay, just pray that something happens and one of them becomes available. Well, would you have what you call it for? You know, I mean, he's probably only got about two seasons left, but would you have Petr Cech, for example? 
Yeah, I definitely would. Definitely. I, I would give, I'd pay up to 15 million for Czech, honestly. I, I still think he's got another two or three really good seasons in yeah. him. You get him in goal, sort him out. He, he, I think he would be good enough for us, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. And then you use that two or three seasons to really identify another top-class yeah. goalkeeper and go from there. Sometimes really, you just need the short-term solutions. I think yeah, Czech's the perfect one. We did the same with Van der Sar. That was very much how we, we sort of, you know, we, we kind of, we should have got him when Schmeichel originally left and we kind of messed around for ages trying to replace Schmeichel and then eventually went to Van der Sar, even though I think he was 35, 36 when we signed him. He was, he was already, you know, quite, sort of quite old. But we had some really good years out of him, you know, and, and I think somebody could do the same with Petr Cech because he's, he's, you can tell he's not happy sat there on the bench. He wants to play. No, I, I think he's definitely going to go, but it's just whether or not yeah. Chelsea will sell him to us or whether they'll sell him somewhere else. Can't mm. see him going to Liverpool, to be honest, though. He's, yeah, it's quite not... unrealistic, but I think if, if we gave Chelsea enough money, I think he might consider it because you know he'd be, he knows he'd be number one. Anyone would yeah. be number one in front of bloody Mignolet and Jones, let's be honest. <laughs> like... I've been training to become a goalkeeper recently, so I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> send Rogers your resume. <laughs> I'll compile a scouting report, send it in, you know, we'll be I'll, good to go. I'll, I'll bang in the statistics too. Uh, yeah. Every single FSG game love that. FSG one, love so. the statistics, so you might be in, mate. You might be on to a winner. <laughs> but I, I do I do think it'd be worth trying to, trying to tempt Reno on that because... I, at the moment, you know, no offence to you guys, but Marino won't see you as a threat, so there's a good chance he will sell you check. You know what I mean? Because, it, it, well, honestly, you know, I know you, you might perhaps think different, I don't, but you're not going to win the league, are you? No, of course not. Not this season, anyway. Definitely no. not. Definitely, definitely That's not. What Chelsea are looking at, so, you know, there's no reason why he wouldn't sell you check, and he knows you're only going to get a couple of years out of it, max, as it were. And yeah. Yeah. You know, they've got um, that Courtois who looks a really good goalkeeper. So I do feel there's, there's movement to be had there. That's the person, if, that was, if that was me, if I was Liverpool manager and I was thinking, look, you know, perhaps maybe we've not got the money's not. You know. Yeah, I, I agree, mate, definitely. But uh, I mean, sticking with goalkeepers, how good was De Gea today? He was something else. You know, yeah. I don't deserve him. It's unfair. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Hang on a minute, right? <laughs> oh, without him, you'll be in. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 you do not deserve him. Some other club deserve him, not when, United. When it, it, was uh... a game. it was a game at your place, at Anfield. I think, if I'm right, it was the game just after the, the Everest Suarez thing. So it was a cup game. And he practically had a nervous breakdown on the pitch. He was like a kitten. He was really nervous. And um, you were putting crosses in and he was struggling. And we put in an arm whether we subbed Lindergaard on for him. And we didn't. And that's been the making of him to us. He's, he's made his mistakes, but we stuck with him, stuck with him. And, and we've got what we deserve because we stuck with him through a hard time. And he was having a hard time. And for 18 months, he's been absolutely outstanding. Really, really outstanding. Yeah. Who's, who's your goalkeeping coach? Right now, it's um, the French guy, uh, the Dutch guy, the, the clerk that came okay. in with Van Hall. But yeah. it was, he did well I mean, under originally Eric Steele, and Eric Steele learnt Spanish to try and help him and, and physically more. And then he, he had Chris Woods when David Moyes was there, and he really developed under Chris Woods. And there was talk, yeah, yeah there was talk that we were going to keep Chris on uh, because them two really developed a good relationship. But um, this Dutch guy that comes with Van Hal, he's 
his goalkeeper coach stroke does a little bit of everything. So his Van Hall's almost like a right hand man, you know. Okay. He was always going to come, but luckily it's not hindered to here in any way, and you know, and he's carried on being being absolutely superb. So yeah, and he's yeah. just kicking on and kicking on. So you're, oh, you're yeah. probably sorted for the next couple of years if you could keep well, hold of him because there were there were rumours that he might be uh, tempted to a move to Madrid. Yeah, well, the, the worry is that um, you know he's he's contracted up until next summer, <clears throat> you know, so we have got a bit of time to do something. But nobody's actually saying anything as to whether I mean United would be daft not to. They, I think they'll offer him a big contract, and from what I've read, he's he's happy and, and his family is sort of a big on on kind of where he moves. He talks everything over with his dad, and and you know, and and there's possibly the, the, you know, Real Madrid to come, but in time. So there's no reason why I couldn't get him for another five years at least. And, and yeah. that's one, because when you've got a good keeper like that, you've got to, you've got to keep them and build around them, you know. It, we, obviously, we had one with Schmeichel, who was, was immense. He was absolutely, you know, he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen, Schmeichel. He was, he was awesome. But, and, and it took us so long to replace him when he retired until we got Van der Sar. And then the same, I didn't want us to go down that path of, scratching around for ages trying to replace Van der Sar. And luckily we seem to have got one now. They, they make a massive difference. If you've got a good keeper, everything... It builds. gives confidence to the back four awesome. as well, doesn't it? Awesome. If, if you've got a really good goalkeeper behind you, I know yeah. playing in defence obviously is nowhere near the same level, but played in defence, you've got a good keeper behind you, it yeah. gives you so much more confidence. And it's the same yeah. at the top level as well. You know, yeah. if, if you're looking back at your keeper thinking, shit, is he going to fumble this? Is he yeah. going to going to do everything it's always playing on the back of your head in the back of your mind one question I wanted to ask quickly Um, we saw that offside horrible disgusting decision decision which would obviously lead us for us for a Liverpool (laughs) win if that didn't happen Terrific decision by the line. Play on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you see Van Persie's post-match interview? Smug little yeah, bastards. Yeah, oh, like... yeah. It came off my head. Give me the assist. <laughs> Fuck off. What a dick. I remember I was talking to this about my friend a couple, a couple of days ago, even. Um, do you think video evidence for these kind of offsides are fairly needed? That didn't even make sense. Are needed. Oh, I'm, I'm so torn mm-hmm. between it because... Why yeah. not? I I don't see any ne- negatives to it, unless you say you know the drama of the game and that. But I, I honestly believe that if you do that, you'd be stopping the game all the time. I I agree. That's, no, no, that's no, my is, concern. But if, I, if I was playing at the back, right? This is me. If I was playing at the back and my guys got away from me and the cross comes in, I'd put my hand up straight away and start appealing something. And so then the, the player has to stop and they have to go back and look at it and, and the chance is gone. Do you know what I mean? The guy who was away no, no, from... No, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about after, um, not during, mm. after. So let play go on mm. and then actually see the evidence. Uh, I'm not sure. Where, where do you... That's the thing. Where do you then stop it? Because let's say the ball goes in, it hits the post. Do you stop it then? Or do you let the play go on after it's hit the post when you're still saying, well, was that this, was that that? No, but I mean, if it and, wasn't offside, then you would stop it and then actually put it back. If it wasn't, then you, you just play on. I mean, of course, the, um, this video decision isn't going to take a minute or anything. There's going to be outsiders looking into this, doing it actually quickly. Have, have you seen, do you watch the rugby union at all? No, not a fan. <laughs> No, well, that's fair enough. But they, they use a lot of video stuff in rugby union, and even the stuff they use it for tries mainly. But even on a try, I know you've just said it'll only take a bit. 
I've seen sorts of incidents where it's taken over five minutes because they've watched it from every single angle and they're still not 100% sure. And they're watching it, watching it, watching it. And I don't want football to go down that path. I really don't. Yeah, I, I agree, mate, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I would leave it out for, for the next couple of seasons anyway. Um, I know we've been absolutely filthily robbed today <laughs> with, with, that, with that matter goal. But human error is part of the game. It's it what is. makes it. It's what makes it. It's what makes it that just a little bit more exciting. Obviously, I'm absolutely fuming today. But you know, may, maybe in a couple of, or maybe next weekend when we play Arsenal, hopefully oh. Balotelli can score an overhead kick from ten yards offside, and you know, then it's it's sort of evened itself out a little. Wait, bit. are you seriously saying that you think we're going to get a decision for <laughs> Liverpool? Come on, come on, come on. We have to be realistic here. You know. Well, according to everyone last season, the only reason why we finished second was because you got to say, after fucking, decision. Fucking penalty pull and all that, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You, you used up all your... Uh, how many penalties last season? Was it no, no, but the thing is, they were actually penalties. They were penalties. It's the way we were pressing. This season... I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> but no, I've I've got to be honest, Max. I'm I'm not too keen on the video replays. Um, I, I, I think I think I think it would just stop the game because that game, oh, that goal was crucial. That second goal is the most important goal of the game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a big turning point in the game. It was massive. But I, I, I think we should direct our anger towards the assistant and call him an absolute shit house. <laughs> thing is, how how clear. This is what you've got to ask yourself. So, when, so the video cameras are there. <clears throat> now, Van Persie's admitted to touching it. <clears throat> okay, to heading it. But how clear can you see? Sometimes some of the headers, when it t- just touches the hair, that's really hard to see. Yeah, that's almost impossible to see on video. With, and you, with, with you the technology with, now, it's, it's that <clears throat> simple. What happens is after the game, Van Persie still says, yeah, I touched it. Because I don't think you can see it on video. I really don't. I think you'd still be... Because all he's done is kind of help it on, so it's really hard to see the the variation in flight. Of, you know, tiny, tiny thing. Same with saves. I, I've I've played in games where I've been right up close to the keeper, and I can't tell if he touched it or not. And and so and the video ain't going to tell you that either. It's so so hard. So you know, and, and like I said, I think introducing that and stopping the game left, right, centre. I I don't see as you improve the game. I don't. I think what makes the game is the fact that to come tomorrow, you know, you'll be able to say. Well, did you see that that got that goal shot? And it gives you that something to argue about, and it gives you that what if this, what if that. That's the beauty of football. Football's full of what ifs, and you know, and, and if this maybe is, and yeah, yeah, yeah well, I agree, mate. I, yeah, I agree. It, makes it such a great game. You know, the the variables that you know that you might get a decision go against you one week, and it, it is it's the end of the world. I feel the same. I feel cheated when it goes against me. I, the refs are crap. The lines was crap. This is crap. And then the week after it goes for you, and suddenly you're like. Um, well, um, you know, and you're, you're trying to not... Yeah, it's, it's, it's the old cliche, isn't it? They even out over the season. Um, it genuinely do as well. It genuinely do. It's, I say it's, it's really fucking frustrating when a decision goes like that in arguably the biggest game in English football. Mm. Um, you know, for me anyway, that's the first fixture I look for, Liverpool versus United. As soon as the fixture list comes out, that's the yeah. ones I'm really up for, the ones I'm absolutely gunning for. Um, and it's absolutely gutting when a decision like that happens, obviously, in a game. I feel absolutely robbed from with that decision because, like Max said, that, that was a really huge goal. If if we somehow got our finishing together and De Gea might, might not have had a, such a good day, you know, another one goes in one all and it's all to play for. But um, I say video decision's not for me. 
So does that mean you don't agree with the goal line technology? or? No, I think the goal line technology is good because the goal line technology is instant. You know, it's it's there. The goal yeah, line technology, saying, though, yeah. the goal line technology will not stop the game. It literally flashes on the referee's watch whether it's a goal or not. Um, and so I really do agree with goal line technology, but I just think video replays would stagnate the game. They'd stop the flow of it, and like I say, it it takes the uh, an element of excitement out of the game. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Think, fair enough. The the other thing about it is. For, for goal line technology, for a goal, that's not open to dispute. It's either in or not. But then when you open up the rest of the game to video technology, you've you got to think the rest of the game comes down to one man's interpretation. Now, one ref might see one thing one way and another ref sees something. And, you know, it is all about how you see it. If you think it's offside, you know, as a linesman, you put your flag up, but another one might not. So it's suddenly you're opening it up to, to kind of more decisions between people because you could get this, you know two different linesmen give them the exact same situation one will put his flag up one won't that's the human nature of the, how it is so you kind of you're opening it up to instead of at least goal line technology like I say it's definitely a goal or it definitely isn't that's not open to interpretation is it? that's not opinion it's either scientifically in or it's scientifically not but the rest of football is it a foul well I might think it's a foul you might not you know, and, yeah. and that's that's how a lot of football is. That things that you know, you, you you know, like that, for example. You know, you say today it's offside, whatever. One person could turn around equally and say, "I've not touched it," and then it, it was very hard to prove that it, it is it, it is offside. So it's it's all open to interpretation. That's the difficulty I think you have. That you know, it's there's the, the kind of decisions that would be hard. You're wrapping my Christmas present. <laughs> nothing too expensive. All right, just something. Wait, you've you've already got your Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, the three points today was mine. Yeah, where, where do you guys think you'll finish the season then? Seventeenth, uh, sixteenth. <laughs> Get to Tony Pulis and he'll keep us up. Oh yeah. Tony Sack Rogers bringing Pulis. <laughs> I saw a disgusting shout on Twitter a couple of weeks back from someone actually wanting Chris Coleman in. Do, do you know how heartbroken that made me? Chris, that, 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 surely that's not a proper look. Chris Coleman, where have they got Chris that Chris fucking from? Coleman. Where have they got that one from? That's a bit bizarre. You must be joking. I'm not joking, mate. Honestly, I'll find the tweet and, and I'll send it all to you later on and we'll have a good laugh about it <laughs> because anyone who wants Chris Coleman as manager needs their head <laughs> sorted out. They need to get a psychiatric report done on them. No, just just no. There's uh, there's bad, and then there's just Chris Coleman. You know what we should all do? We should right. all become managers together, <laughs> and then man- manage Liverpool. Look I'm going to say, if I was part of the management team at Liverpool, I'd be doing about as well as Brendan Rodgers right now. But I'd be, <laughs> but I'd be punching the air, obviously. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, your defeat today, I'd be sliding on my knees and everything. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, telling uh, stories to... You're, you know United, they're not a bad team. If you want to go to them, or about yeah. Well, I'm I'm starting my level, I'm starting my level two uh, in in the new year. So uh, you never so know. Give, give 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 me a couple of years, mate, and, uh, and we'll be going. My first season as a as a coach, one yeah. point off the league. Yeah. Two two semi finals of a cup. You know, I'll send my CV in. John Henry, sign me up. <laughs> but oh yeah, well 
that nearly went winning the league sounds familiar, so he'll like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's it? Seconds we're talking about Rogers out, etc., etc. Are you Rogers out or Rogers in? If that's even the question. Rogers, Rogers out, but not yet. Is right. is what I'll say. I don't think there's anyone right now at this second who would take over and do a do better than what he's currently doing. What about you know, Deboer? Deboer. I don't. I don't think he'd take over now because he's still managing Ajax, isn't he? Yeah, so... but um, apparently after the game, uh, Ronald Deboer, his his brother, uh, told Dutch TV that he would definitely listen to Liverpool if okay. they were interested. Okay. Well, if 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 that's the case, then then Rogers out, bring the boar in, get Cruyff in as a director of football, like the setup is at Ajax, and I think that's better. Um, I, I honestly do, um, but I, I I can't I can't see him coming until the end of the season. Um, I think at the minute there are probably only three managers that I'd take: um, Klopp, De Boer, and uh, Simeone. I think are literally the only three that I would take. Um, my my preference would be Simeone, but I think he's the most difficult of them all. Even though he's admitted that he's learning English, I can't see him moving anywhere other than City. I listen to a lot of the phone-ins, and on, on the phone-ins, they all seem to be asking for Benitez. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. We're taking a step backwards, for heaven's sake. We don't want to do that. I, th- I think Benitez would probably... I think he probably could come in until the end of the season... Maybe just steady the ship, you know, but he's not the man to take us forward again. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I just can't see it. I really don't. I want don't even him. think he's the man to I love maintain us. But I don't want him back. Yeah, I don't even think he's the man to maintain us at where we are now. I think he just either maintain us barely or just stick us down. If you ask me, he had some awful decisions in the past, which some people choose to ignore because of his Champions League. Except for FA Cup, but you know, trying to sell Jabby Alonso and getting G- Gareth Barry in isn't exactly yeah. the best decision yeah. in the world. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love Rafa. Oh no, no, um, he's a legend. But, I mean, yeah, even though he did fucking manage Chelsea, bastard. Um, yeah, but I completely I'd, understand. I can't yeah, hate him. For yeah, that. no, that's that's fair enough. But um, I say I. I like Rafa. I like what he did for us. Obviously, you know, any I don't think any Liverpool fan can dislike Rafael Benitez. If they do, you know, I, I can't call him a Liverpool fan. You know, winning four one at Old Trafford, what a man! <laughs> I'll cling on to that after tonight's <laughs> result. Um, but no, he's yeah. he, he's not the man to take us forward. I wouldn't like to see him come back. Uh, question: Would you like Rafa as a manager along with someone, or no. Rafa Benitez as an assistant? No. Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was I'm not giving you some... my usual waffle. I'm not giving you my usual waffle. Just no, mate. That's that, that's all I'm going to say on that matter. I'll let the other boys take take over. Well, I, nah. I well, obviously, as a as a United fan, you know, I I'm delighted with the job that Rogers is doing this season. So I want you to keep him forever. To be honest, I want you to give him a, a, a blank contract that he can just fill out the dates on and just keep going. So. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with his progress right now. We'll, we'll give him a Mike Ashley style contract just yeah, for you. Yeah, right. right. But I did it's just another thing I wanted to get across to you guys because we, we chatted about this on the, the Retro United podcast that, that I do this week. That we, we mentioned the Being Liverpool documentary, 
And I felt that even watching that, it was cringeworthy television back then. That that Brendan Rodgers, I can understand that players not liking him. I get the feeling that there's a lot of players that don't like him because it, the things he says and the way he acts and stuff, he just he really comes across as smug and full of himself. And and I think now he's struggling. I think there's a few players at Liverpool that are thinking, "Good, I really do." I would disagree with you if mm. it was two, three months ago. Yeah. But I kind of agree with you now. Like, what? I think it was two days ago. Um, mm. he, he gave an interview with The Telegraph. He's saying he's the best man for the job. Yeah. You have to be careful what you say, especially when you're in this situation. Yeah. I think last season, the players loved him. Um, you, you could tell him and Sterling had a fantastic relationship. Yeah. Um including him and Suarez, him and Gerard, they seem like they're sleeping together with all the bloody start... Oh, I'm not even going to that. Do you, think, do you think Gerard and Rogers get on then? Because I don't. Oh, yeah, well, Gerard, um, he lives in Gerard's rented house, so he can't exactly drop his uh, <laughs> house owner. So. But, but he did, though, didn't he? Because, I mean, <clears throat> two things, right? When, <clears throat> when, when United, obviously, gigs, when he was coming to the end, the way that Moyes dealt with that to be honest, was the nail in his coffin. That's what did for him because, they, you know, he, Moyes was never going to take Giggs on, but Giggs always wanted to take Moyes on because Giggs didn't like what he was doing and could see that it was causing problems and things and also knew in his own situation, even though he wasn't integral to the team anymore, just the fact that he was Ryan Giggs, he could really make life hard for Moyes and he did. Now, I look at your situation this season and there were two, real, two things that Rodgers has done that have really seemed to put Gerald's nose out of joint. The first one was away at Real Madrid leaving him out. Now, that was, in theory, Gerald's last big game. And Gerald knows that, I mean, on the, on the big stage. And he's thinking, hang on, you've left me out. And that was a bad move. And then the second one was, uh, you know, the other week when it was his, like, 16th anniversary of him making his debut. And he left him out again. And they're the big games that someone like Gerald wants to be in because that was all about him that day and he wasn't he wasn't starting and it's it's like a, embarrassing for someone like Gerald that and I feel that then when I've heard Gerald speak and, and he's had a chance to put the rumours to bed and, and you know he said um, oh when I know something about a new contract that you know I'll tell you and he's rather than saying yeah I'll stay and, and Rogers keeps saying we've offered you a new contract and Gerald keeps kind of batting that back saying well when I know something I'll tell you I I really think there's a problem there. I do honestly. I'm in shock at the moment because Tottenham just scored a last-minute winner, and I'm <laughs> fuming. Oh my god! How does this happen? Tottenham, the most irrelevant club in the world. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Um. Oh, they're watching the game actually. Yeah. So, oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pissed off as well. Oh, this is. Come on. Oh, blimey! What is this? This is. I'm sorry. We know we're shit. I can't believe it. We're. Spurs. Oh my god. Why does Ericsson have to score the winner? He's, he's the only player. Oh, for fuck's sake, I was going to put my fantasy team this week. <laughs> Jesus. Well, if you're losing on fantasy team, you may as well give up on football there. I mean, who cares about Liverpool? You, you've got your fantasy team here. That's it, mate. That's it. I was reigning champion last season. I'm currently stuck in fourth place now. I'm not, not too okay. happy about it. Hey, you're like Arsenal. Hey. Oh, god. Yeah. Well, no, they they never won the league, have they? So uh... <laughs> for this season, I was second on the Anfield index one, and all my players just got injured. So 
No, I'm like what, 16 or something. What can you do, mate? What can you do? I uh, I just gave up in the first week. Yeah, I'm like the only guy who rates Skirtle. It's brilliant. Yep. 100%. I don't think he's as bad as everyone makes out to be. But he's, he's better than Lovren. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. But I think the main problem is that Skirtle and Lovren are two similar players. Uh, Both shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, players who just... When they get the ball, they straight away try and clear it out. That's what Lovren tends to do a lot. Skirtle has actually improved on that, and he's actually passed it out recently. Stop bullying Skirtle, guys. Come on. He's so cute with his little bald head. Look at him. Uh, uh, oh, oh, right. You've, oh, you've right. just called a grown Slovakian cute. I'm not sure he's been too happy with you. <laughs> now we'll be moving on to the red corner questions. You can ask a question by hashtagging TRC question, because that's how cool we are. Yeah. Um, First of all, we kind of talked about this already, but what do you think of Rogers' decisions with some of the players, Barini and Chan, for example? Do you mean the decision just not to start them or yeah, to, I, to I freeze them out slightly? Implied, yeah. um, I think it's strange, to be honest with you. Like I say, our performances haven't been great this season, um, so why not just mix it up a little bit? Yeah, it seems like um, Rogers is quite happy with his favourites. He's quite happy to stick with them no matter what. Um, and it's to me, it seems slightly unfair that some players haven't really got a chance. You know, we've uh, we spent what was it 20, 20 million on Markovic, was, was it about 10, 10 million on Chan? Is there's a good thirty million pounds there, and uh, they've ba- barely touched a blade of grass between them this season. It's it's uh, if we were winning, you know, you, you could you could understand maybe um, because they always say never change a winning formula, but we're not so. There's a <laughs> well, exactly. which is really never depressing. change a winning formula and then we change our formation completely to last season. Yeah, that's that's another baffling thing. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know Sturridge has been injured, but like, like I've mentioned previously, I would have liked to have seen uh, Barini up top with uh, with Balotelli or even Markovic up front because yeah. he, he can play there. Um, and although he doesn't have the, the clinical edge that Sturridge does, he, he would be the one to make the runs in behind and like I previously mentioned in the podcast, give Balotelli a bit more space. Second question, a bit of a Christmas question. This one: Would you rather eat a plate full of sprouts for your main Christmas meal, or renew Glenn Johnson's contract? <laughs> That's a tough one. I really like my roast potatoes. So I've, I've got to be honest. That that's the best part of a Christmas dinner. Your roast potatoes. No, no, no. Um, but these are sprouts we're talking about. I know. I know. We're talking about sprouts, my friend. Um, <laughs> and I also really like my pigs and blankets. So. But Glenn Johnson's just too shit, you know. I can always eat the leftovers on Boxing Day, so I'll eat, uh, I'll eat a plate full of sprouts on Christmas Day. I'll eat a sprout every day for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> just one, just one sprout. Mate, I'll, I'll eat anything, literally anything. Just Are you to... sure now? You're gonna regret saying that. You know that. Is Klopp in a good idea? Unrealistic, but yeah. I, re- I read something uh, earlier, I'm not sure how true it is, that um, if Rogers does go, that Klopp is FSG's first choice. So um, we'll, we'll see how that one pans out. Personally, like, like I said, the only three people that I would replace Rogers with, like I've said before, Klopp, De Boer and Simeone. Um, out of the three, as much as I like Klopp, he's probably my third choice out of the three. I'd go Simeone. The, the, the good thing about Klopp, he has those contacts. 
and that re- really good relationship with the players. Yeah, so definitely. He, he could bring I, I in, think you know, he, a couple. I think he'd be players, better than Rogers, but um, out of the three, he he would be my third choice that I've mentioned. How has Joe Allen fooled everyone into thinking he can play football? Very good question. <laughs> maybe him and Brendan Rodgers are sleeping together. Well, Brendan no, maybe. Brendan's doing a lot of people here then. Johnson's <laughs> already doing that, so... I really don't know, my friends. Um, I, I don't think Joe Allen's a bad player, um, but he's nowhere near good enough for Liverpool. Nowhere near good enough. I don't think he does enough at, enough at either end to, uh, to warrant starting. Right. I think that was the last question then. So that's where we'll pack up. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, boys. Big thanks to everyone who came on the show and our guest, Darren. A pleasure. You know, really nice to speak to you guys, especially obviously after the result today. Enjoy your Christmas, mate. (laughs) I I, I hope you do have to eat the Brussels sprouts (laughs) after that result. (laughs) If someone had said the same for me with Johnny Evans' contract, I'd be eating sprouts now, so... You know I mean? fair, fair, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So here's to more Liverpool wins and more United losses. <laughs>